You're listening to Rounding at Rush, a Rush University Medical Center podcast that features the latest clinical advances, research, and innovations. I'm your host, Dan Dean. Dr. Faisal Hassan, the Clinical Division Chief of Cardiology at Rush University Medical Center and the co-director of the Cardiovascular Service Line at Rush, joins the podcast today to talk about Rush's treatment of polyvascular disease. Dr. Hassan is also an associate professor in the Department of Internal Medicine, Division of Cardiology at Rush Medical College. Welcome to the show today, Dr. Hassan. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here. To get our conversation started, can we talk about what polyvascular disease is and why this condition is significant? Let's start off uh, by talking for a second about atherosclerosis, uh, which is a systemic inflammatory disease that can affect multiple vascular territories. The most common and clinically relevant territories include the coronary arteries, cerebrovascular arteries, and arteries of the lower extremities. In its most extreme state, atherosclerosis can cause devastating consequences to each individual territory namely myocardial infarction in the heart, stroke in the brain, and loss of limb or amputation in the lower extremities. Now, when atherosclerosis is uh, present in more than one arterial bed, that is what we call polyvascular disease. Polyvascular disease is not a new phenomena, but a known condition uh, which has been brought to the forefront in recent years through the expansion of clinical and research endeavors to include non-coronary atherosclerosis, specifically lower extremity peripheral artery disease and cerebrovascular disease. Since the underlying mechanism of plaque deposition in atherosclerosis is the same, irrespective of the affected uh, anatomical location, it will not be erroneous to assume that the presence of coronary artery disease indicates asymptomatic atherosclerosis in other parts of the body as well. In fact, on post-mortem analyses, the presence of atherosclerosis in coronary arteries is significantly associated with plaque deposition in both carotid and femoral arteries. The relevance of polyvascular disease is centered on its associated heightened risk for cardiovascular death, myocardial infarction, and ischemic stroke a composite that we often call major adverse cardiovascular events. So how has Rush mobilized its resources to treat polyvascular disease in a more effective way than was done previously at Rush or maybe even at other institutions? Um, Dan, what we have done here at Rush is that we have applied a slightly different approach to managing patients with cardiac and vascular problems. We have created a system which unites clinicians from different specialties by organ systems. This type of organization is, a, is a, a bit of a departure from the traditional model that separates almost artificially medical and surgical specialties. So when a patient presents to the Rush Heart and Vascular um, Center, they're managed by a team of medical and surgical specialists who are equipped to treat their condition, as opposed to previous models, which foster less collaboration and more transitions of care as the patient moves between specialists. 
We have noticed that this type of approach leads to improved coordination of care, leading to better patient outcomes. Within our service line are a number of clinical programs, which represent a multidisciplinary and focused approach to either the care for a specific disease or a specialized treatment method. And our heart and vascular center consists of the division of cardiovascular medicine, cardiac surgery, vascular surgery, and interventional radiology, and provides the latest innovations in cardiovascular medical and surgical offerings to its patient population. Specifically, we provide the full spectrum of cardiac and vascular therapies requiring skilled and sophisticated teams for the care of highly complex patients with coronary artery disease, structural heart disease, and vascular disease. We provide state-of-the-art treatment to a local and regional population plagued by a high prevalence of cardiovascular issues due to the high incidence of risk factors. In addition to invasive and pharmacologic treatment, we devote substantial effort and focus on prevention and screening of individ individuals with high-risk profiles. What this does is that it puts the patient at the center of the care management team, and all care providers, regardless of their subspecialty, come together and unify to treat these complex patients. So given that change in approach that you talked about, how has that shift helped to improve overall patient outcomes? We have noticed that this kind of collaborative approach leads to improved coordination of care, leading to better patient outcomes. For example, our program for aortic disease provides collaborative treatment where cardiac surgeons, vascular surgeons, and endovascular specialists come together and not only provide advanced patient care, but oftentimes various approaches can be combined into what is known as a hybrid approach. And we can offer treatment options that were previously not available. Similarly, our structural heart and coronary programs employ the heart team approach in managing these increasingly complex patients. We also have a pulmonary embolism response team and a limb preservation team, just to name a few, that once again utilize a multidisciplinary approach. These are just a few examples of how the various specialized teams come together to manage our patients. Let's shift gears and focus on how Rush treats patients with polyvascular disease, specifically those with lower extremity vascular disease. Can you provide an overview on some of the general challenges in treating patients with this condition? Absolutely. So patients with lower extremity peripheral artery disease present with a very wide spectrum of symptomatology. On one end of the spectrum, patients with lower extremity peripheral vascular disease can be completely asymptomatic, which obviously creates a huge diagnostic challenge. By some estimates, close to 50% of patients with clinically significant lower extremity peripheral artery disease are actually asymptomatic. From the remaining 50% of patients with peripheral artery disease, majority have leg pain, or what we also refer to as intermittent claudication. And finally, at the other end of the spectrum are the most extreme and complicated patients who present with a condition known as chronic limb-threatening ischemia, at which point there is a very high risk of limb loss, gangrene, and amputation. Each class of these patients 
presents a unique challenge to the heart and vascular team, both for diagnosis and management, which is why it is so important that we dedicate all resources for treating these challenging patients. What a lot of uh, people and even physicians do not realize is that even though these patients carry a primary diagnosis of peripheral artery disease or indicating a blockage in one of the limb arteries, the main cause of morbidity and mortality in these patients is actually myocardial infarction and stroke. In fact, patients with symptomatic peripheral artery disease in the lower extremities have a six times higher risk of death from cardiovascular and cerebrovascular disease. Thus, even those patients that are asymptomatic require a very aggressive approach consisting of risk factor modification, treatment of coexisting comorbidities, and medical therapy, which is specifically targeted towards treatment of peripheral artery disease. In the patient population presenting with leg pain on walking, or what we mentioned is called intermittent claudication, one of the most effective therapies is actually exercise therapy and walking. So we actually prescribe exercise therapy for these patients, and it turns out that they gain significant benefit just from walking. The way exercise works is by creating tiny arterial bypasses, which are called collateral arteries, which can be very effective in improving circulation in the limbs. And finally, the patients with chronic limb-threatening ischemia, which is the most extreme form of the disease, in addition to medical therapy, we pr pursue measures to revascularize them, and these de decisions are always made in a multidisciplinary setting. There are four ways to treat lower extremity vascular disease, medically, endovascularly, surgically, and then through rehab. Could you talk about the endovascular treatments for this condition? Endovascular therapies for treatment of lower extremity peripheral artery disease have evolved substantially in the last two and a half decades. In fact, the techniques and devices have evolved so rapidly that in many cases, the research and validation of these devices has fallen behind the technology itself. And what this does is, is that it puts the burden of appropriate technique and device selection on the operator. Therefore, in my opinion, one of the most important aspects in utilization of endovascular techniques is appropriate patient selection. Patients who are asymptomatic are the ones who have intermittent claudication are actually better managed with risk factor modification, exercise, and medical therapy, and most of the times no invasive interventions are required. Our endovascular therapies are typically reserved for patients with either severely lifestyle-limiting symptoms which are not improving despite appropriate therapies, or those with limb-threatening ischemia like gangrene or tissue loss. Another important point to remember is that endovascular therapies are complementary to medical and surgical options, and therefore never utilized in isolation. There are many patients who benefit from these therapies, but Every time we see a patient with peripheral artery disease, we consider all options. And as I mentioned earlier, sometimes we can even combine revascularization strategies in what is known as a hybrid approach, where surgeons, 
endovascular interventionalists and interventional cardiologists work together and come up with some unique solutions to complex revascularization issues. From a technical standpoint here at Rush, we have really advanced approaches whereby we can achieve revascularization safely in most of our patients. Can you go into some depth about what Rush is doing preventatively to help patients lower the risk for developing peripheral artery disease? We have a, a very advanced cardiovascular preventive program here at Rush. We have partnered with physicians in our community in order to reach out to the population of Chicago. It starts with a personalized approach to each patient. Prevention cannot be achieved without taking into account lifestyle, behavior, and socioeconomic issues. We realized that there are significant disparities in care and outcomes of people with cardiovascular disease. Societal changes have affected the cardiovascular disease epidemic in different ways. Globalization, migration, socioeconomic changes, and unemployment all affect it. Differences in cardiovascular health amongst countries, regions, and neighborhoods have increased over the years. These inequalities can be explained by components of human behavior, such as diet, exercise, smoking, and job-related features, but also by features such as overcrowding, unemployment, and other indicators of deprivation. Life expectancy increases continuously with, with income. And in the United States, at the age of 40 years, the gap in life expectancy between individuals in the top and bottom 1% of the income distribution is 15 years for men and 10 years for women. Most of the variation in life expectancy across areas is related to differences in health behavior, smoking, obesity, and exercise. Therefore, we have at Rush focused on those who need us the most by developing partnerships within the community that allow access to those who need it the most. I want to ask you about patients with limb ischemia. Are there particular subsets of patients who have this condition? Um, and what measures is Rush taking to help those populations improve their outcome? Yes, absolutely. There are uh, definitely identifiable um, features and populations uh, that are at significantly elevated risk. Tobacco smoking remains the single most important preventable cause of premature morbidity and mortality from peripheral artery disease, and quitting smoking is the most cost-effective strategy to prevent polyvascular disease. Here at Rush, smokers who want to quit receive professional assistance if required, brief interventions with advice to stop smoking, together with pharmacologic support and follow-up visits are implemented. And if a smoker is willing to stop, a quitting plan is prepared, including a quit date, information to friends and family asking for support, and removal of all tobacco and objects associated with smoking behavior from the immediate surroundings. And finally, we arrange follow-up visits, ideally within the month and every month thereafter. If advice, encouragement, and motivation are unlikely to be sufficient, then drug therapies are considered early on. 
We know now that smoking cessation pharmacotherapy may double or triple quit rates, and combining pharmacotherapy with counseling improves quit rates even further. The second group of patients that we have really focused on and are worth mentioning are diabetics. Unfortunately, the prevalence of type 2 diabetes is increasing in most parts of the world, mainly due to unbalanced diets and a lack of physical activity. The diagnosis of diabetes continues to be problematic in a large number of individuals, even in those with established cardiovascular disease. We have initiatives here at Rush where we are partnering with primary care physicians and endocrinologists to improve outcomes in this subgroup of patients. There are also newer classes of medications, for example, SGLT2 inhibitors, which are beneficial in diabetics with cardiovascular disease and can make a huge impact on outcomes in these patients. Before we um, conclude our conversation today, Dr. Hassan, I wanted to ask you about the research that you're doing around polyvascular disease, specifically uh, outcomes research with cardiac disease and peripheral vascular disease, along with research that looks at taking a collaborative approach with the management of patients with vascular disease. Could you expand on the work you're doing in, in both of these areas? Absolutely. My um, recent work has focused on investigating outcomes in patients who present with myocardial infarction and have coexisting polyvascular disease. In one of our studies, we enrolled patients with acute coronary syndrome and looked at the prevalence of peripheral artery disease by utilizing screening tests such as ankle brachial index and carotid duplex ultrasound, which are traditionally not done in patients presenting with myocardial infarction. And by doing so, we made some really interesting observations. First, our research showed that almost a third of patients with myocardial infarction had underlying polyvascular disease. This was a truly novel finding because prior studies showed a much lower prevalence of these conditions. The difference in the prevalence can be explained by the lack of use of diagnostic modalities such as ankle brachial index and carotid duplex ultrasonography to identify asymptomatic individuals. This is further supported by our results showing that 70% of patients with lower extremity artery disease were actually asymptomatic. Previous epidemiological studies have demonstrated that asymptomatic peripheral artery disease as detected by an abnormal ankle, ankle brachial index is several times more common in the population than symptomatic peripheral artery disease. Our research also showed that the presence of multivessel disease in patients with acute coronary syndrome is associated with increased rates of major adverse cardiac and cerebrovascular events even after adjusting for other variables. These findings are consistent with previous literature, since a strong correlation between polyvascular disease and increased risk of adverse outcomes amongst patients with coronary artery disease is well-established. There are several international registries that show that the mortality rate was nearly twice in patients with both peripheral artery disease and cardiovascular disease than those without either. Similar trends were also seen in rates of ischemic stroke and myocardial re-ischemia. 
Although the impact of polyvascular disease in predicting increased mortality and morbidity in patients with acute coronary syndrome has been clearly shown, most clinicians actually do not appreciate this elevated risk while managing these patients. In addition to screening, our research findings indicate a huge need to manage our patients in a collaborative fashion. There are many decisions regarding these patients that can only be made in a heart and vascular team meeting. For example, sometimes we discover that a patient with coronary artery disease has critical cerebrovascular disease, which would put the patient at risk of having a stroke if they undergo surgical revascularization without appropriate preparation beforehand. And so sometimes we will treat their carotid disease with a stent or with other methods of revascularization prior to them undergoing cardiac surgery. I think our research also demonstrated that physicians should be mindful of asymptomatic polyvascular disease in patients presenting with ACS and always use it as an opportunity for aggressive management of these very complex uh, patients. Well, Dr. Hassan, thank you for the recap and thank you for a great conversation today. Thanks a lot, Dan. It was a pleasure.